Good morning. Our family is about to enter a time of transition. Uh, that's our daughter, Esther, in the middle. She's a high school senior. In about 11 months, Lord willing, we'll be dropping her off at some college campus somewhere. We're not sure which one yet. Oh, no. She's our one and all. Big change. Big transition. Many of you have been through that kind of transition. Maybe some of you have it still coming up, or maybe it wasn't college. Maybe your child went into the military or you dropped them off at their first apartment, leaving the home. Big transition. Life is full of transition. Life is full of changes. We're experiencing, experiencing transition uh, just about every day in our life. Maybe you've experienced transition. You've moved to a new city or you, you faced a career change or let's say that you had your career changed for you. You, you lost a job. Maybe you got married. Transition of having children. You thought that was going to be easy and then, then you had children and you learned how hard that really is. Maybe you got divorced. Maybe you got a surprise diagnosis from the doctor. Didn't see that one coming. Bad news. Big transition in your life. Some transitions we get to choose for ourselves. We get to choose to take a new job or marry this person or move to the city. Some transitions are just kind of thrust upon us. Like here, life gives you this. So as we're continuing this sermon series, Navigating the Seasons of Life from the Book of Psalms, today we'll look at navigating through transitions. We all had a big transition when the pandemic hit. Boy, that was a big change, and it continues to change the way we do things in the world. Some are difficult and stressful. Some come as welcome transition. If we don't turn to God's Word in our time of transition, we can easily get off track and get depressed, get discouraged, get confused, get angry, and not understand why these changes are happening. Right at the beginning of the book of Psalms are some beautiful verses up about people who are God people, who turn to God in difficult times. And, and then it talks about what the consequences are. And then there's a sharp turn and talks about people who decide to do things on their own. And it begins this way. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law, in the word of God, and who meditates on his law, on his word day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. So those are beautiful words of people who turn to God in, in all seasons, in seasons of transition or in other seasons. And then there's a big twist. The next verses talk about people who do things their own way. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. They will not stand before God nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. As I mentioned, we're continuing this sermon series, and we'll talk about navigating through transitions by turning to God's Word, specifically the Psalms. And I'd like to um, use Psalm 37 as our text for the message today. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord. Let your joy come from God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Let's come together in prayer. Father, dealing with change is hard. It's hard to walk by faith and not by sight. Your word says that we ought to, and that's hard. It's hard to remain faithful when I don't see where my journey is taking me, but I thank you for your word that comforts me right now. Your, your word declares that you will instruct me, you will teach me in the way I should go. Even though the path ahead is uncertain and unfamiliar, you will counsel me with your loving eye. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Christ's name we pray, and together we all say, amen. Number one for us today is to believe that our transition season can be blessed by God. 
believe that your transition season can be blessed by God. Just because a transition is happening doesn't mean it's a bad thing. God can bless you in your season of transition. As Christina mentioned just a moment ago, King David, what an interesting life he had. Little boy, right? And then he's a shepherd. And that's a big deal. We think of shepherds like big deal. But he has the whole um, wealth of his family. It was, was in the animals. He had to take care of that. It was a big deal. And then, of course, he was called by God to fight Goliath, a professional warrior, nine feet tall, armor and every weapon. And by God's power, this little boy transitioned into a fighter. By God's power, the the enemy was defeated. And then he transitioned into the king of Israel. He, he became king. I've been thinking about that a lot these last couple of weeks. Maybe you too with the death of Queen Elizabeth II. And we're watching the pomp and circumstances of the, the circumstance of the royal family in England. And now we're calling Charles King Charles. That's so strange for me. How about you? He's been Prince Charles for over 70 years. Now he's King Charles. And I, I look at his son, Will, and I wonder what it'll be like one day if he becomes king. And these transitions. And certainly there's... Um, great benefit to being royalty for sure, but there's also uh, the stress and they don't really have a choice. They can't be unroyal anymore. I mean, I suppose they can, but that's a difficult thing. So kind of the same thing with David. He was kind of thrust into not royalty, but rulership over this nation Israel. And here's what he writes. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I'm not going to fear anything. And then in the New Testament, this young girl, Mary, she's really just a child, God-honoring young woman, then a big transition. The angel appears and says, guess what? You're pregnant. And she says, guess what? I'm a virgin. And the angel says, guess what? It was the Holy Spirit. Wow. And not only is there a baby growing in you, Messiah, the one promised in the Old Testament, the Savior of mankind, you will give birth and you will name him Jesus because he will save the world from their sins. And now she's got to tell her fiancé and her relatives and her friends about this transition. And how does she respond? She treasured, not despising, not worrying, but she treasured all of these things in her heart and, and pondered them. So in point number one, we've talked about transition change that kind of is thrust upon us, things that we don't have any say in, change just comes. In point number two, I'd like for, to talk about things that we get to choose. Make sure that your transition honors God. You're faced with a transition. Does it honor God? Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. I want to be on your path, Lord. I could choose that one or this one. Which one is the one that you want me to take? And practically, there's three ways for us to check with God on things like this. First of all, the Bible. What does God's word say? Is there any clear direction that we should do this and not do that, not do this and we should do this? In the, in the last service in this room, we had the Bible blessing. We had maybe 10 or 12 third graders up here with their parents receiving a Bible from our church. We prayed with them over their Bible. They kind of committed to read it and to put those words in their heart because we know the value of God's word. When I teach religion class in the other room at our school here, I stress the value of God's word. We have God's word. It tells us important things. Read God's word. Second Peter 1.19, and we have the prophetic word. We have God's word fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention. Pay attention to God's word. Why? Because it's a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. God's word shines brightly in our lives. Psalm 119, 105, you might know this one. Your word is a lamp for my feet. It lights up my path. It shows me which way I should go. Second way that we can confirm our transition is through the work of the Holy Spirit, this mysterious third person 
of the Trinity, this Holy Spirit. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us, so we can understand which way we should go, so we can understand what choice we should make in this time of transition. And God confirms our transition through godly counsel from trusted, mature believers. When you're faced with a choice, a transition, should I do this or that, talk to your Christian friends. See what they think. Pray with them. Ask them to search God's word with you to find maybe some revelation in this area. What do they say? Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Encourage each other daily. Be with other Christians daily, as long as it's called today. Why? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So that none of you may be moved to make transitions and choices that are ungodly. Psalm 1.1, we read it earlier. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. The one who doesn't do that. Walk with your Christian brothers and sisters. So times of transitions have transitions within them. The Bible is full of stories where someone was moved to change, you know, tra- change the trajectory of their life and then you think it's going to be this linear path to the end. But then within that is another change. And another change. So when that happens, learn to celebrate any adjustments that God makes in your transition. Celebrate those things. Don't be frustrated with them. Don't shake your fist at heaven and say, what in the world are you doing? Celebrate them. Instead of immediately complaining and whining about the adjustments being made, celebrate them because God has a plan and it's a good plan. Psalm 32, 11, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Just because we don't understand why there's a change in plans doesn't mean the adjustment isn't from God. We can celebrate because we have a trustworthy God getting ready to do big things through us and and maybe through others. One of the big transitions going on around here at Royal Redeemer is the renovation of the sanctuary. For those of you who worship in here every week, maybe you're not that aware, but our sanctuary, our more formal worship area is being renovated. It's a big deal, and we're celebrating that. We pray for the workmen. It's going really well. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be gorgeous. But as with any big construction project, we found some surprises. There was some stuff here that had to be removed. We didn't know about this kind of thing. And we didn't shake our fist at heaven and say, what are you doing? We're fixing your house. We just accepted it as what happens inside transitions. Last week, we were going to have a transition of transitioning to worship outdoor, at least for one week. It was going to be awesome, 10 a.m., all of us together. So within that transition, God sent rain. So we transitioned to have an outdoor worship indoors. So we all came in here, and we were packed in here together as a body of believers, and it was awesome. We were singing God's praises, worshiping together as one body. And I have to tell you, as I greeted people on the way out, several people said, wow, Pastor, Zardi mes- Pastor Zardi's message cut right to me, man. That was exactly what I needed to hear today. And here's my take on it. I-, I love outdoor worship, but it can be distracting, right? You're sitting kind of far away. There's a bird, there's a squirrel, there's a car with a siren. You know, you, you kind of get distracted. And I wonder if those people who really deeply needed to hear Pastor Zardi's message last week from God got a much better dose of it, a much better focus being in here because they were in here and not distracted out there. Transitions within transitions, I celebrate them because I believe they're of God. The Apostle Paul, he's many missionary journeys with his friends, right? Northern Turkey, their plans are changed by God. They came to the border of Mysia. They tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not let them to, allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. 
And we celebrate that because Paul and his friends were able to share Jesus with the people where God would have them go, a, a change within their mission. Well, when you're faced with a transition, commit your transition plan to God. God, help me with this. It's, it's your plan, really. This life you've give, given me to live is really your life. So help me with that. Even though we like to say that God is control oftentimes, right? We like to take the reins of control back. We think maybe that we're smarter than God, or maybe we don't even think that. We just don't want to do, we just don't want to do it his way. Commit your way to his. Trust in him that he will bless you through the process. The key to having peace with the change in your life is to commit it to God. The key to having peace with any change, transition in your life is to commit it to God. Jesus said, give me your burden I will carry it for you. I have one that's easy that you can take. He switches places with us. Ask Jesus to carry the burden of any um, transition that you're going through that's difficult. He promises to. Psalm 37, 3 through 5, there's really three points in this. First of all, to trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land he's given you and joy pastures. Number two, take delight in him. Find your joy and your pleasure, your everything, your treasure in God and he will give you the desires of your heart. Number three, commit your way to the Lord. Committing your way to the Lord. The question with trusting God in transition is the question we have with trusting God in every part of our life. Is he going to do it well? Can we trust him? That's faith. Can we? I, I know that we can. I know you know that we can, but maybe you need a, a reminder this morning. Our good God has you. He's holding you close in transitions and in times of change. Number five helps us to remember that we ought to admit our complete dependence on God. The older I get, the more I'm reminded of this. I think I have it figured out. I have plans, and this is the way it's going to go. I have no control over anything. <laughs> Neither do you. You really don't. Transitions happen. Surprises come our way. Health issues, finances. I didn't think that would happen. A pandemic. You know, we have plans, but we are completely dependent on God. The controlling side of us wants us to know exactly where we're headed, but we can't see that. So we depend on him. We might not be able to see the complete outcome, but God knows exactly where this transition is leading us. Psalm 3, 3 and 5. But you, Lord, are a shield. What does a shield do? Protects. God, you're my protection. You're my glory. I see that as being esteem or my identity. You're the one who lifts my head. Lord, when I am down, you are the one who lifts me up. I lie down, I sleep, I wake again. Why? Because God sustains me. I'm totally dependent on him. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, our time of need of understanding transition. What choice should I make? Do I have any choice? Do I just go along with this? confidence. We have confidence in Christ for the ultimate transition. I had the privilege of officiating a funeral again yesterday. They're weird. It's <laughs> This person used to be alive and now they're dead. That's strange. I'm still not used to it. I have to be honest with you today. One day it'll be your day unless Jesus comes again first. We'll gather in this room or the sanctuary at our funeral home. We'll tell stories about your life. You'll be transitioned into eternity. Is that okay? It is okay because Jesus made a way. He's been through it. He provided a way. He bought us into the next step. We have a free ticket in Jesus. 
the ultimate transition. And, and that is really our last point. We, we have that free ticket because Jesus underwent the ultimate transition. He switched places with us. And there's actually a couple steps to Jesus's change, his transition. Uh, from the message translation, Philippians 5, 2 through 8, Jesus had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, becoming human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death, the worst kind of death, a crucifixion big transition for Jesus. First of all, he left heaven and deity became a man. Deity, that means God. God became a man. This is so difficult to comprehend. There wasn't a guy that kind of had God's hand on him or had God in him or had a special anointing from God or sometimes he was God and sometimes he was a man. Jesus was all man, all God, all the time. Wow. He didn't, he didn't see the privilege of the heavenlies as something that he would hold on to. He knew he had to come here and be our rescuer. And when he did, he really died a physical death. Another transition. Jesus was really dead. Not kind of dead, not asleep, not almost dead, not dead for 10 minutes, but then he was really dead. Three days in a grave, right? And the beautiful end of the story is he's alive again. We serve and honor and worship a living God. And maybe I should have flip-flopped B and C, but while he was on the cross, he was abandoned by his heavenly father as our substitute. Dying a physical death was part of the payment for our sins, for sure. But we still have to do that. But being abandoned by the father is the real payment that Jesus made for us. When he cried out on the cross, he was not only just quoting the Old Testament, he was really crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why would God the Father abandon the son who he loved so much in his greatest time of need? That doesn't sound very loving. Because of justice. We switch places with Jesus. He gives us his righteousness, his purity, his goodness, his perfection. It's ours as a free gift. And we put all of the mess of our life, the sin, the rebellion, the hatred, the war, all the most evil things not only went on Jesus, the Bible mysteriously says he became those things. And God the Father is a God of justice. You just can't say, well, okay. It had to be punished. So Jesus took that punishment as a substitute for us. Dad, just a brief 20 or 22 minutes this morning to talk about going to God's word in a time of transition. I hope you were blessed. Maybe these next three steps will, will take you even farther. Things for you to think about, pray about this week at the bottom of your worship folder. Trust our good God in any transition that he brings into your life. Number two, pray. Really pray for the ability to embrace transitions and celebrate them. God, I'm really glad for this change. God, I hate this change. I can't believe you're bringing me through it, but I'm celebrating with you because you are a good God. And number three, admit your total dependency and who doesn't depend on God completely and allow him to carry you through these changes. Let's pray. Lord, help us deal with changes that happen. We thank you for the Bible that tells us you are our friend but you are also our God, our rock, our fortress, our deliverer. And on the rock of Christ Jesus, we find refuge because you are our shield, our protection. You are the lifter of our head. You are the horn of our salvation. 
you, Lord, are the stronghold in the midst of uncertainty which change brings. So, Lord, we choose to lean on you because you are the one constant in a world of inconsistency and transition. Oh, we take such delight in your way, Lord. We're so grateful. Thank you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, and together we all say, Amen.